So last week, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit leads you. You know, over the years, the Lord has really talked to me about this. And every time I teach it, he takes me to a completely different place and goes a lot deeper. Um, You have to know the Holy Spirit in order to be led by the Holy Spirit. Everything in God is relationship. So we've been talking, you know, over, I think this is week four or five, something like that. We've been talking about the person, the nature, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And then now we started talking about how the Holy Spirit will lead you. And last week we got into the fact that the Holy Spirit, how he, how he looks at needs, you have to understand because there's an enemy in this earth that will use circumstances and will throw thoughts to get you up to here with the needs of your life. Because he knows that if you ever, ever start to delight in the Lord so that those desires that are in your heart that God is is able to give those to you, you will become a world changer and you will actually begin to start walking as, a, as an overcomer in this earth. So he does not want you ever to know the desires of your heart. He doesn't want you to know your plan. He knows you can't see it without the word of God illuminating it. And you can't, the word of God can't illuminate and show you your path unless the Holy Spirit brings revelation of God's word. So you have to trust him. You have to trust him And look at your needs as they're already met. If you don't, you'll live your whole life on your needs. And you'll never know God's plan for your life. Today, I want to start talking about the other end. And we're going to start talking about the desires of your heart. Because this is really where the Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll lead you. His goal is to get you to a place where you're delighting in the Lord. You have your eyes. You're seeking first the kingdom. Your eyes are fixed on Jesus. You're delighting in him so that now God, by the person of the Holy Spirit, can illuminate the word of God and bring up these desires that are in your heart. Unless you have that, you don't. How do you know who to marry? How do you know what college to go to? How do you know where to live? What church to go through? Go to? We see so many people, the, a huge decision is where you live. Because the blessing of God is in the land that he places you. Where you go to church is of utmost importance. Does it mean that the church that you're going to is better than the other church down the street? Nope. Like I tell people about Rama Bible Training College, it is the greatest Bible school in the world if you're called to go there. But oh, so many just go there because they want to try to feel better about themselves. And they get down there and they lose their vision. It's not good. Many, many people, they get in a church and they think, man, you know, I, I, I'm doing all this in the church. I, I couldn't leave the church. It'll hurt it. And yet they're not supposed to be there because it's not teaching the word or whatever. And they miss God's plan for their life. And what they don't know is Satan's really good with you sitting in a church for 20 years and really learning about how God's not always a healer so that 20 years later when you get diagnosed with something terminal, you don't even know how to walk or how to receive anything from the Lord. So we're going to get into this because you are wired to understand how to delight in the Lord, how to know the desires of your heart. You can always know God's will for your life. The desires of your heart are literally expressions of his will. You've heard me say this before. The will of God, it comes into your heart in the form of his word. As you delight in the Lord... But you delight in the Lord. We're going to talk exactly what that is. But what happens is delighting in the Lord is delighting in his word. You're meditating in his word day and night. You're keeping it ever before you. And now what happens, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation of the word of God to your heart. And his leading and guiding 
His will will come out of your spirit in the form of a desire. So the desires of our heart. I don't believe I'll get all the way through this. I really, really want to take my time. So a desire, this word desire that we're going to see in the Hebrew language and also in the Greek language means a longing for, a craving, and a yearning. A desire from God is something. It's the longing of your heart. It's the yearning of your heart. It's something that you crave for in your spirit. See, you've got to realize God knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. The path that he's created for you is designed so that you walk out every desire of your heart. And let me say this. There are four things, and we're going to get into this, but I'll tell you right up front, there's four things that you must know and walk in to walk out God's purpose for your life. And the first one is desires. you got to know the desires of your heart. Not all of them, just the ones he brings up to you. You have to know that God has placed gifts inside of you. That's number two. There are gifts inside of you that are literally tailor-made for what God's called you to do on this earth. But that's not enough. Number three is you got to understand that there is grace for you to empower those gifts. Because you're not to do things in your own strength. You're to do everything in His strength and in His ability. Why? Because what God's called you to is way beyond you and I. See, we're created beings. We've been created in the likeness and image of God. We've been created to be one with him. We're we're not created to just be our own. We flourish as we're hooked up with him. So you have desires, you have faith, or you have gifts, and you have grace, but you also have to realize there is a special impartation of faith that you have, you see, you're going to be able to believe God specifically for what God's called you to do. Where somebody else, they could maybe hook up with you in prayer, but they won't have that same unction. Like all of you who this is your church family, you have the ability to believe God for things that we're believing God for here. But I'll tell you, for me, man, there's a special faith I know this house will be filled. It'll be finished. It'll be furnished. It'll be paid for. And I know there's a lot more houses. There's buildings and lands that we own in this city that we don't even know about yet. But we know this. It's way beyond us. And the only way we could ever see it is if we are delighting in the Lord so that that now I'm meditating in his word so that his word can light my path and show me where we're at. It's so wonderful. So you need desires, gifts, grace, and faith. The faith to believe God, to operate in the gifts, and to believe God for what you need to do. The grace, that he'll impart that grace to you, to empower you to walk it out. But you have to know what to walk out, and so it all starts with the desires of your heart. Most Christians, most Christians live in the need level, and when they see desire, all they think of is what desire as the world, as the world has it. Because see, there's desires in your flesh. You know, there's desires in your flesh. Not all of them are bad. But we're talking about a desire of your heart. That's from God. That will supersede any desire of your flesh. But most believers, because they're not, they've just been distracted by everything going on in the world and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you know, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, it gets them to live on a much lower level. And and so we want to eradicate that from our church. Amen? So turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 1. You guys doing okay? This this series, I'm telling you, I want to encourage you, listen to it. 
You know, what's really cool is, uh, you know, I, I really never stop preaching, but boy, you could on a computer, on your iPhone, you could just shut me up and just stop it. Because what will happen, because you're all ministers. So as you outline this and you stop that, the Lord will give you other scriptures. And he'll tailor make this to you because this is something as you disciple people. You know, what is our vision here? It's very simple. It's all, everything we do here is about reaching people and changing lives. And I got to tell you, we're, 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 we're a lot better at changing lives. We know how to grow you up. But the passion to reach people hasn't hit to the degree here that it will. When you get up and you just want to reach people. Because that's in you. And boy, I'll tell you. And so everything we do. Why do we have a women's conference? I mean, Beth Moore will, will bless you. There's a wonderful anointing on her life. But the reason why we're doing it is to reach people and change lives. So what that means is there will be an anointing here to help women get free, to get saved, all this. So invite your friends. You know, all, everything we do here. I mean, down to a popcorn social. Why do we do that? Because we want to reach people. We know it's all in relationship. Everything we do. Psalm 37.1, it starts out now, and it says this. Fret not yourself. That word fret means worry. Now, this is really good news, guys. This will eradicate worry from your life. It reveals to us in those first three, three words... Fret not thyself, or don't worry yourself. In other words, you are in control. If you ever worry, it's because you've chosen to worry. And if you want to just make a decision today that I'm never going to worry again, you can do that. Satan does not want you to know that. Every time it talks about worry, you're in control. You can choose not to worry. How do we do that? We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God by rolling the care of it over on the Lord. Why? Because we know him. He'll take care of it for us, so we don't have to worry about it. Fret not thyselves, or don't worry, because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Why would it say that? The Bible says that over and over and over and over. I remember years ago, I was in a basketball league with a bunch of stockbrokers from Newport Beach in Southern California. And, you know, uh, we were all making pretty good money. They, some of those guys were just making astronomical money. And they just were worldly guys. And they had heard about me, so they asked me to play on their team. And uh, we'd have a good time. But, you know, I'd look at these guys and go, man, they seem so happy, so fulfilled. And here I am. I'm just not fulfilled. They seemed so successful, but yet people would look at what I did as a dream job, but yet I was miserable. And, and that's when I'm like, Lord, I want to be successful like these guys. See, I was starting to fret myself because of evildoers. Have you, is there anybody in your life that doesn't serve God and they just seem like they're blessed in every way? They just, their life's going great. They just seem so happy and you're frustrated all the time. That's when the Lord asked me, he goes, well, Tony, what's my definition of success? And to be honest with you, I didn't know. And then he gave it to me. It forever changed my life. He said, Tony, success is you doing what I've called you to do. That's success. And he's been defining that to me ever since. Because the reason why I wasn't fulfilled is because I wasn't walking in the desires of my heart. I'm so glad I'm walking in the desires of my heart now. And I understand how to position myself where God can always give me those desires. So I know how to be led. I know the Holy Spirit. I know when I see him face to face, I know I'll be like, ooh, man, I know that look on your face. I felt that because I know him. I know Jesus. I know the Father. And, and you know what's amazing is when I even say that, just down in my heart, I'm like, but I know so little, but it doesn't bum me out because it's wonderful, but what it excites me because I know that I'll know so much more 
every moment of every day of my life, I just grow in my knowledge of him. So it says, don't worry about what's happening in other people's lives. Or don't allow the good things that it seems in other people's lives to cause you to worry. Don't worry yourself with that. It says, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. You need to realize very, very soon people who don't know God will just pass from this earth and they're gone forever. You know, we're not going to talk about people that didn't know God and, and, and all the evils. that We're, we're just, that, that, that's just not going to be part of our eternity, right? And it's so short. H- how many of you are middle age, right? Weren't you in your 20s like a week ago? You know, I'm going to blink again and I'll be in my 70s. I'll blink again and I'll see Jesus face to face, right? If he tarries. So it goes so fast. It says in verse 3, instead of worrying, don't worry yourself. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. And if you do that, if you trust in the Lord and do good, it says you'll dwell in the land and you most assuredly will be fed. Now this word fed is interested. interesting. It means shepherded. So if you, if you literally trust God and do and obey what his word says, it says you'll dwell in the land. That means you're walking in your path, you're in the right place, and now you're in a position to be shepherded. That means to be pastored. Now that might be a negative connotation if you've been in a church where that was unhealthy. But when I look at Psalm 23... It says, the Lord is my shepherd, and therefore I shall not want. I love that. That means to be pastored, to be shepherded by Jesus, it means that your needs are met and you'll never lack. So you trust in the Lord and you do good. That'll put you in the land and you'll be fed. I love that. There are many Christians who are trying to use their faith in a God that they have never built trust in. And see, to trust Him, you got to know Him. Right? So this is so important. If you've never learned how to trust Him, you're not going to be able to walk by faith. You'll walk by that counterfeit thing that we call mental assent. Oh, you'll be able to quote the scripture, but the minute the enemy turns the heat up, you let go of everything. But if you'll get your focus on knowing him, you can trust him today. He'll never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you. You got to know that. So see, what you do is you come to God first, and then you use your faith, which is based in your trust in him, you use your faith so that you can fulfill the desires of your heart. That's how you walk out God's plan. So many people, they, they let other people tell them what they're to do. Don't do that. God will speak to you, right? I mean, I'm your pastor, and I, I know things about you as I pray, but I don't know what you know. God will get it over to you. He might use other people to confirm it. God loves to do that. But he's going to talk to you. You're a New Testament believer. The Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit of God will guide you into all the truth. Until you get to the point where you can trust God for the essentials of your life, your needs. Until you get to that point you'll never be able to walk out the desires of your heart. Now, I know that might sound negative, but I'm not here, I, I'm not here to just fluff it. I, I, we have to know these things, right. right? You have to know it. So, so rejoice because your spirit man trusts God. Amen. And you just have to learn how to get 
get all the junk maybe that's piled on top of it off of you so that you see who you really are. This is so important. Let's turn to second. Now hold your finger in Psalm 37, but go back to 2 Peter chapter 1. Because I want to I wanna bring out, we're going to open up this scripture a little bit to you. It'll, it'll be another piece to this puzzle. I'm trying to slow down and just teach this. This will change your life forever. The God of heaven wants you to see clearly how to walk out his path for your life. What gets us all in trouble, if we'll just be honest with ourselves, is we get to a point where we just decide to do what we want to do. And, and you know, we, we don't want to give this up. Or we have this secret sin in our life that we never allow God to have that part of our life. And we wonder why we never can walk in the blessing of God. Well, it's when, and then when you finally learn to give that up, you sit there and go, oh, I sure wish I would have done that years ago. You know, sometimes, have you ever been afraid? You're like, oh God, this is, I don't want you to see this part of my life. I don't like this part of my life. I keep going here. I keep playing in the sandbox, but I hate it. And, and, and God's sitting there going, um, I, I see it. Right? It's like the little boy who's trying to hide the cookie. And he's got, you know, he's got stuff all over his face. And, right? That's the way it is with God. He sees all of it. And God's just going, hey, my son, my daughter, just give that to me. I don't want that to hurt you anymore. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How is God's ability multiplied to you? How is peace multiplied to you it only comes one way through the knowledge of god and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ or you could say this the knowledge of the word of god that's the only way so if you want the peace of god if you're going through stuff and you got turmoil this is why this is how you walk in peace it says here verse three according as his divine power. Now what's cool about this is that's the Greek word dunamis. That's a Holy Spirit word. Miraculous power that's been released. According as his divine power hath, this is past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to the Zoe life of God and godliness. Life deals with Zoe, the life of God. This would be the desires of your heart. That's where your purpose is. That's where your destiny is. And godliness, this is day-to-day walking out. This would be your needs. His divine power has already given you everything that deal with the needs of your life, and that deal with the desires of your heart. It all comes to us through the knowledge of him that has called us, he's called you and I, to glory and to virtue, which means excellence. So step number one now, what do we do? You have to settle that your needs have already been met. That's step number one. How do you know that? That comes through the knowledge of him. Or that comes as you meditate in the word of God and the Holy Spirit brings revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. If you have no knowledge of him, you won't be able to receive your needs met. Does that make sense? If you don't know that in Philippians 4 it says God has, what what does it say? That he's met all of our needs according to his riches and glory and they all come to us through Christ. If you don't know those scriptures that say, before you, know, before you ask, I answer. Right? That he knows everything. That Psalm 23, he leads us, right, beside still waters. 
we lay down and are satisfied because he's our shepherd. Our cup runs over. That means that I always have more than enough. We have to gain knowledge of God's word. Really, let me say it this way just to bring clarity. We have to gain knowledge of him, of who he is. So many believers think that the Bible is just the word of God and they look at it just as his word. Well, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You cannot separate God from his word. They're one. So when you're talking about the word of God, you're talking about a person who loves you and wants to spend every moment of your life with you and help you. It says here, according as his divine power hath, past tense, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and to virtue. If you come up short in any area of your life, don't worry and don't ever be frustrated. What do you do? You focus on gaining knowledge of him. Satan will jump up and down and go, did you notice you need this? Did you notice you need that? Did you notice how your body's hurting? Did you notice this? Because he does not ever want you to lock on to your answer, which is gaining knowledge of God. What is healing? Healing is knowing God, your healer. What is prosperity? See, prosperity is not money. Prosperity is a person. He's God. He's a divine person. And he's your provider. Everywhere I go, doesn't matter what situation I'm in, he will always cause my cup to run over. So I'm not going to worry about that and I'm never going to seek his hand. I'm going to always seek to know him. And out of that, I'll always have more than enough. So don't, don't let these things worry you or frustrate you. You focus on what you need to focus on. The knowledge of God. God wants you to know him. He already knows you. That's why it never talks about God knowing you. Or it, it says a little bit. He knows everything about you. Do you know how many hairs you have on your head today? Now maybe a few of you might. Because there's not any. But you know what I'm saying? God knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that's going to happen to you every day of your life in all of eternity. He knows everything. So don't be frustrated. Don't be worried. Don't let the crisis of today trip you up. You focus on knowing him. So verse 4 says this, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now what are we talking about here? This whole verse is focused on the desires of your heart. You could say the desires of your heart, or you could say things that are going to cause you to be a partaker of his divine nature. You've basically said the same thing. Because as you walk out the desires of your heart, what happens is you're, to do it, you have to partake of his divine nature. All of a sudden now, who you are on the inside will show on the outside. Right? It's the ed form of Jesus. Our life is hid in Christ. That's the goal. It says that you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now this word lust is interesting. It's, it's, it's another word in the Greek for desire, but it's a different Greek word that doesn't mean desire. It's a counterfeit. It's your own plans. See, when you realize you've been given the word of God and these incredible promises are so that you can become a partaker of the divine nature so that that will enable you to escape this corruption that is in the world through lust, it frees you. See, if God would make his divine nature available to you, how could you ever possibly believe that he, with, would, that he would withhold a God-given desire of your heart? He would never. 
He's given you access to his divine nature. Isn't that awesome? Don't judge the fulfillment of your desire by what you see all around you. Don't judge it by that. You judge it by this. If God said it, it's yours. And nothing could ever stop that from coming to pass. That's exciting. So now let's jump back to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, and we're going to look at verse 4. So now we're going to get into the key here. Psalm 37, 4. Now remember, verse 1 and 2 says, don't worry yourself, right? Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. You'll dwell in the land and you'll be fed. You'll be shepherded. So now verse 4 says this, delight yourself. That means you have to do it. You have to be the one that stirs up and delights. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Now, this word delight, it means to be pliable. So it's like, it's like you're the clay on a potter's wheel. You're pliable. If, if the master potter wants to mold you a certain way, you don't fight him. You're pliable. Right? That's how, that's how you walk when, when the Lord told me, Tony, you got to get over yourself because ministry is very hard when you're working and I'm not working. And I'm like, oh, amen to that. Because all I saw myself was just beating my head against the wall. There was just no peace. There was no fulfillment, no contentment. I love following God. I got to tell you, Every time I drive to church, I'm waiting for the day when I can't get into the parking lot and i got to pull into somebody's driveway and say, hey, can I park my car here? I, well, I'll see it. I'll see it. It's, it's, it's a desire of my heart, but it's not, it's, not, it's not from me. It's from him. Delight yourself in the Lord. It means to be pliable. It means to be pliable so that now, how do I be pliable? What I do is I make everything. I make God the source of everything that brings me joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. He's the source of everything. You couldn't have came to church today without him causing your heart to beat today. Right? He's, he's our source. So to delight in the Lord means to make God the source of your joy, your pleasure, and your satisfaction. When he first showed me this, for over a year I would say, Father, Lord Jesus, Almighty Holy Spirit, you are the source of my joy, my pleasure, and my satisfaction. And I would think while I'm saying that, I'm going, that just sounds weird. I have no idea what that means. And I would just, every time it'd come up, Father, I thank you. You are the source of my joy, pleasure, satisfaction. It was over a year, and all of a sudden one day I said that, and it was like, it's like I walked into a different room, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, in a moment of time, when I say those words, I feel like I'm in the throne room with just him. You are my source. And here's a little secret. When he's your source, you can enjoy everything else so much more. That's where you trust people, when he's your source. That's when you can enjoy the things of this earth because they'll never have you, right? See, for you to do what God's called you to do, you have to be deadened to the persecution of men and also to be deadened to the praise of men. Oh, I enjoy it. Man, some of you say the most beautiful things to me, and I love it, but it is not what moves me. Because if I'm ever moved by that, then I'll be moved by when you hear the junk, and I can't be moved by that either. Because either one will not allow me to do what God's called me to do, and it's the same with you. We are on this earth, we're to owe people nothing but to love them. What does that mean? Well, they might use us. Okay. He's my source, so who cares? They might take something from me. Well, whatever. God will just fill it back up. 
yeah, but you know, that really hurt. Oh yeah, it's okay, but just give it to him and then it doesn't hurt anymore. And the, and the, and the, the, thing, it, the, the uh, scar goes away. It's wonderful. And in all of that, people see Jesus, starting with you and I. So, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we could be a partaker of the divine nature. What See, as we do this, this is what we're doing. We're delighting in the Lord. We're Psalm 37, 4. We're being pliable. We're making him the source of our joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. And as I delight myself in the Lord, what does it say? He will give me the desires of my heart. These are expressions of his will for my life. See, I'm meditating in the word day and night. I've put it first place. I've inclined my ear to it. I keep it always before my eyes. I keep it in the midst of my heart. And it's life when I find it in health to all my flesh. This is what this is talking about. See, it's life to those that find it. It's health to all their flesh. That's when the desire comes and all of a sudden there's a longing there's a craving and there's a yearning now that these symptoms that are in my body have to get out. Whereas before, I didn't like them, but I was putting up with them. Now I can't put up with them anymore because I'm craving for my knee to work right. I'm longing for that. See, that's where faith is. People are trying to use their faith and it's just flippant. But oh, when you start to let the desire come up, and all of a sudden you're minding your own business, you're driving down a neighborhood, and all of a sudden you start getting stirred. I want to live in a house. I want to own a house. Oh, you materialistic Christian. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't get that way by being materialistic. A desire from God doesn't get that. But I'm telling you, don't... Don't be as these idiot Christians are down here. You need to live where God wants you to live. He, you need to live at the level that he wants you to live so that you can bear your fruit. So that, see, everything God will give you will talk. You know, this building talks. It's awesome when pastors come in here. They'll come in here and especially, and I know this because before we had our own building, I'd go into church buildings and I'd be like, wow, God's got a building for us. You know, when we, when we had uh, Pastor Hagen come and, you know, when we have guest ministers and, and we invite pastors to a luncheon and so that they could be close to them and everything. And uh, all these pastors, they walk around here and go, wow, this is awesome. They, they don't go, wow, Tony. You're all that. No, it's, it's always, wow, look at what God has done. See, everything. And this building was built in 1965, but people still go, wow, because it talks to them. People come here because they're driving by, and, and the building will say, hey, come to here. Come, come to this church. God wants everything that you own to talk, and it all roads lead to, you know, to them knowing Jesus. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, the longing, the craving, the yearnings of your heart. Why are Christians frustrated? Now, I got to tell you, I was frustrated for years of my life. And I, I, I've learned now Oh, frustration tries to come, but it can't ever stay with me anymore. Because I've learned this. Frustrations are dispelled because he's given me the longings, the cravings, the yearnings of my heart. It, 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 it enables me to love people because I travel light. It enables me as I'm ministering all the time to flow with the Holy Ghost. Like right now, I could just, I could just, I could, I can't talk about it. I start losing it. But I just sense his flow in me because I'm not carrying a bunch of junk. I'm not frustrated. Oh, Satan will try to frustrate me. See, for a pastor who's passionate, empty chairs, they try to frustrate you. But they don't talk to me anymore. I talk to them. 
Is there anything lacking in your life? Shut it up. Talk to it. Change it. You're a child of God, and all of heaven is behind it. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Delight. It's that which gives you great joy, great pleasure, and great satisfaction. See, if there's one thing I'm sure of, it is God and only God that gives me great joy, great pleasure, and great satisfaction. To be honest with you, your spirit man believes that and knows it. All that's, if you're sitting here today thinking about, man, I just, need to, I just want to go eat lunch. I wish he'd be quiet. Don't get down on yourself for that. You're not a bad Christian. You've just been feeding on a bunch of junk food. That's all it is. But the real desire of your heart, you know that God's your source. The thing that will bring you joy, which is your strength, the thing that will bring pleasure into your life like nothing else, the thing that will satisfy you. Do you know that's one thing in the world? There's just no satisfaction. People who don't know God, it doesn't matter how much money they have, they gotta, they're just not satisfied. they got to have more. It doesn't matter how much power they have, they want more. Why is that? Because they're created that only one thing can fill that void, and that's God. Knowing Him. Knowing God. So this is huge. Have your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in the Lord this is what the word's saying, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And remember, it doesn't happen automatically. You have to delight yourself. Delight in the Lord means that whatever gives him joy, whatever gives him pleasure, whatever gives him satisfaction, now this is super important, is what gives me joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. If you ever start desiring something or if something in this world is giving you joy, pleasure, and satisfaction that doesn't give God joy, pleasure, and satisfaction, you're going the wrong way. That, that's a litmus test. The Word of God must be the thing that brings the most joy, pleasure, and satisfaction to your life. Again, once again, here we go. I say the same thing every week. It all gets back to the Word. Psalm 37, 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That's a little vague. That word ordered means established. The steps of a good man are established by the Lord. God established Faith Family Church January 7th of 2007. God he wants every step that he leads you to take to be established. You're established in him, fixed and immovable. And he delights in his way. A good man delights in his way. Notice the word delight there. He's delighting in God's way, and so now God is able to establish his thought, his his. His steps. That is, that is exactly what happens. Because now, as this man is delighting in the way of God, he's making God his joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Now, as he steps, God is able to establish them. So you always know. See, you're going to find this out, and I've said this before, but we could sum up being led by the Holy Spirit in one phrase. Being led by the Holy Spirit will always put you in the right place at the right time with the right heart, doing the right thing. Every time. It'll get to the point where people will just go, why are you, it just seems like no matter what happens to you in life, you end up on top. And you just look and smile and go, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. But what is my part? Oh, I love him. I'm just getting to know him every day. I delight, he's my, he's my source. He's the one I delight in. That's how it works. Psalm 40, verse 8 says this. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. 
Psalm 112 verse 1 says this. Psalm 112 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. That delights greatly. That delights greatly in his commandments. Romans chapter 7 verse 22. Romans 7 22. For I delight in the law of God. How? According to my inward man. See, your spirit man delights in God's word. Your flesh might not want to have anything to do with it. But your spirit man delights in it. So what do you do? You just got to change your diet. Because right now, your spirit is just covered up with a bunch of cares, a bunch of thoughts, a bunch of strongholds, vain imaginations, and the Word of God will get them all out of you. I challenge you to that. You know, it's, it, it's amazing in the church today, some of the statistics are completely ridiculous. Guys, you got to get face to face with God because a lot of Christianity that we see is not real. It's entertainment-based. It's not relationship with God-based. Now, be careful because you could think, well, yeah, all these big churches. Well, no, we don't know. You could have smoke, lights, and kicking music and all this stuff, and you could have, you could have the Spirit of God, and it'd be right. Or you could have a little church that is more judgmental, that there's no, God left a long time ago and they don't even know it, you know? So you can't judge, you, we, we're, you were not to judge other people or other things. Thank God for every church in this area. Thank God for every pastor. Thank God for every Christian. God is going to use us to reach this area. But we look, we define our relationship with God here. Don't define it by what you see on TV. Don't follow a person Follow Christ. Amen? God delights in his word. We must, as his children, delight in his word. In Psalm 138, in verse 2, at the end of the chapter, or at the end of that verse, it says, it says that God magnifies his word above his name. So if you think about it, Jesus said, all authority in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in this age and in the ages to come, all authority has been given to me in the name, in my name. And God says, as great as that name is, he magnifies his word above his name. What that means is God will always submit himself to his word. Rejoice in that, church. If, if he wrote it, if he said it, he will bring it to pass in your life. The moment you start finding joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in something that God finds no joy, no pleasure, and no satisfaction in, here's the deal. His direction for your life ceases. Right? This is why Satan loves secret sin. You've got people in their lifestyle that are violating the very word of God and they're wondering why. But, but here's what most Christians do, especially we're really good at this charismatics because we're one God set away from doing anything we want. So, so, so what, what we'll do is we want to live a certain way and we're not willing to change. God's word says walk in love, but we don't care. God's word says live a certain way, but we don't care. We're going to live the way we want. Realize this. God's direction for your life just ceased. He will never talk to you about the desires of your heart because you, you're not even obeying just the natural things in his word. Does that make sense? Can, can we be real in church? Now, now remember, there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation there. If you're not living right, that, then you've you got to live right. But you'll notice God's not in your face yelling at you, mad at you. Nope. You come to him in faith and he'll, he'll be right there. You line up with him. You, you turn from your ways and, and decide to do it his way. He's going to be right there for you. 
He'll never beat you up about it. He'll never talk to you about it. He'll just tell you to forget it and let's go. Always, right? That, that's the beautiful thing. The world should feel so comfortable in these chairs, right? Why is that? Because we know what sin's like, don't we? Sin beat me up for years. It doesn't anymore. Thank God. Am I perfect? Yes. I'm wholehearted, which means when I do something stupid, because I live out of my flesh, I run to my Father, who I know loves me. He, he's, already, he's already paid for that sin with his Son. And as I confess it, man, he'll clean me up, and he'll put me right back as if it never happened again, and I can go, and it's just wonderful. Perfect is not flawless. If you think we have the perfect church, you're wrong. You're all looking at the number one reason why it's not perfect. And if you go look in the, re in the mirror, you'll see the number two reason. <laughs> right? But man, we're a work in progress, and it's all okay. And this is why we love each other unconditionally. We're not the confession police. Right? Here's what, here's what the spiritual confession police do. They hear somebody speaking wrong, and then God stirs them and they go off in their private prayer life and they pray for them. Lord, help them. Show them. Instead of, hey, you shouldn't talk like that. Let me try to work out your salvation. That never works, right? Oh, we just delight in God. Delighting in the Lord is inseparable from delighting in his word. See, you won't know his will for your life if you're finding joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in things he's not. You'll never be able to fulfill God's purpose for your life. You know, there's so many people in ministry that are in love with being in ministry. God doesn't want you to be in love with ministry. Now, I, lo I, I love being a pastor. I, I mean, I, I sit there and go, why did I not do this earlier? I just, I, I'm so thankful every day. But that's not what brings me joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. It's Him. It's Him. So I want you, I'm going to go through this scripture and then we'll close. So go to Isaiah 55. I really, I want to finish this thought. And we'll, we'll continue on this next week. Isaiah 55, we're going to start in verse 1, because this gives us a real picture of the church today. Really, really reveals some things. Isaiah 55. Now, you know, when I say these things, literally, listen, if, you're, if you have things in your life that are not right, you know them. Now, if you're like me, there was a lot of them. So which one do you work on first? Don't worry about that. As a matter of fact, Take your eyes completely off of that. What do you mean? Oh, I don't care what you're doing. Take your eyes completely off of what you're doing and get your eyes on him. And start going, oh, Father, I just delight. You are, my, you are the source of my joy, my pleasure, and my satisfaction. Read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the Gospel of John over and over and over. Father, I just thank you that you love me so much. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself walking free from whatever it is. Or if there's 10 things, he'll bring one up. And now you'll have the courage to go, you know, I know you. I know you don't think bad of me because of this. And here, I'm going to give this to you. I can't change. Do you know we can't change ourselves? He changes us. The Bible says we're transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. How do we do that with his word? So Isaiah 55 verse 1 says this. Ho. That's like half of Christmas, right? <laughs> Everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come by wine, that is a type of the Holy Spirit, and milk, a type of the Word of God. Come by wine and milk. 
The things of the mighty Holy Spirit are completely free and the Word of God is completely free. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, what, you know why it's without price? Because both of them are priceless. You never have enough to be able to get one, one thing from God. And then it says this in verse 2. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Bread is a type of God's word. Why are you spending money for things that it's not the word of God? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. Why are you laboring for things that could never satisfy you? Do you see how this is a message for us today? Hearken diligently unto me, so hear and obey God, in other words, and eat ye that which is good. What is Psalm 34, 8? We're not there yet, but it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So it says here, and eat ye that which is good. So if you want to eat good, here it is, right here. The word of God and it's a package deal, the person of the Holy Spirit. And let your soul delight in its fatness. See, as you stop spending money and spending labor on stuff that can't satisfy you and start feeding on what does, now your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will delight itself in fatness. James said it this way, the implanted word will bring what? Wholeness to your soul. Are you having trouble with your mind? Strongholds and everything? The word of God will get it all out. I want to challenge every one of you, put everything in your life, just put it on the shelf, don't even think about it, come to God and go, okay, I have no idea how to do this. This is what I did. This is what I did, because I knew so many scriptures. I had been teaching the word for so long, and I'm, I was sick and tired of not walking in it. And that's when the Lord had to talk to me about, Tony, you've never trusted people, and you don't trust me. And you don't really even know me very much. You know me as your Savior, but you don't really know me as your Lord. And, he, and then that's why I love the 23rd Psalm. Then he took me to the 23rd Psalm. He said, he, I, I still remember it. I, in this trailer park that we lived in, in Decatur, Illinois, there was this place where all these, there were like bundles of like propane tanks. They were really tall. And I put all these blocks together and I would go in there. I'd climb this big 10-foot fence and get in there just to be alone. And I remember when he took me through the 23rd Psalm. And, and I didn't even know the word, but it was like he opened it up to me. And he goes, Tony, you gotta know me. I'm your shepherd. I'm not this faraway God. I'm this one in your life. And I'd love to tell you that I got it all then, but I didn't. But he just kept working, kept working. And I'm so glad that finally I'm in a position in my life where I'm not laboring after things that cannot satisfy me. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not wanting to spend all the money and all the stuff on stuff that can't satisfy. It says, let your soul delight in fatness. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me. Notice it doesn't say clean yourself up and come to him. No, 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 no. He doesn't care about that. Come as you are. He knows who you really are. And he, see, he's not seeing you in yourself. He sees you in Christ right now. He told me that. I'm like, but I'm the biggest mess in the world. He goes, I don't see that. He said, I see a great pastor. I see a great man. And I'm like, wow, I, I don't see that, Lord. I see a mess. But here, he told me that this was the mirror. He told me that I could simply forget all the junk 
and just look in the mirror. And as I peer in to the mirror, the word of God, it changes me into the image of Jesus. Do you see your source? Don't try to figure all this other stuff out. Know him. Delight in him. Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. That's what we have. Even the sure mercies of David. See, this passage is speaking about the church. We're spending energy. We're spending ability. We're spending money acquiring that which does not feed us or satisfy. Don't look to new things. Barnum says people have to change churches every so many year, years because they got to have something new. Don't, don't look for new things. Delight in the Word of God. When you were saved, you got, I'm going to finish with this. When you were saved, a divine hunger was birthed in your heart. Your born again spirit is hungry for God. This divine hunger for God was birthed in you. He created in you. That divine hunger is a hunger for his word. This is the very nature of our new spirit. Some people don't know the hunger's there because it's buried in stuff that we simply think tastes better. Just like I said earlier. If you cannot trust Today, if you're sitting here, if you can't trust your desires, you're not eating the right thing. So stop trying to figure all that out. Just start eating the right thing, and you'll get to a place where you can trust your desires. Amen?